This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. Hi, everyone. Uh, how are you doing? It is uh, Friday. Let's see, April 27th. Uh, 28th. Okay. We're at the end of the month already. So this is Matthew Cruz at Comstock Investments. I have uh, Eric Ralph with me here in Royal Iowa. How are you doing, Eric? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh not sure I can describe this week the way I'd like to. I don't know if we're allowed to do that because this is a family-friendly <laughs> content. Um, Appropriate so it, for all ages. Yeah, I. so maybe we call this the... No good, very bad week in the rains. <laughs> but I, I, I could think of some more choice words, but we're probably not allowed to, to use those. Right. You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I was, well, like a lot of people, I, you know, if you had asked me a little while ago or last week, it wouldn't surprise me that we've moved lower so much because I think, you know, as we got into the planning season and made progress there, you know, I think you were going to see some downward pressure in the markets. But it, I think what did surprise me is how quickly it happened. And I, I would have thought we would have had a, another month yet before it did happen. But uh, here we are, you know, after a really rough beating. So what uh, what are your thoughts on that? Where do we go from here? Well, yeah, I think I think one of the key points there is it's pretty early for this. Some some more veteran traders and, and astute market watchers are thinking it is probably too early for that kind of a sell-off. So maybe it's a little glitch here. But one of the biggest things was we closed last week right on weekly support on a on a short-term trend line in the July corn, obviously the, the most traded, most watched old crop month. And then to start this week, we just jumped right through it and continued lower for the week. Obviously, uh, for those that looked today, we did have a nice turnaround from the low, finished the day 13 cents off the low. Got down to last summer's low before we did that. That support seems to have held there, and we saw follow through to the top side in all greens after the washout this week. So today was a bit encouraging. My only hope now is that it's not just some month-end profit-taking and, and we continue to slide a little bit. But I think that with planting season just really getting moving right now, there's still so much ahead of us that there's plenty of opportunity here. So we'll see how that plays. Yeah. So and we talked about this a little bit earlier that um, in our Comstock report, we were pretty, we were a lot more aggressive, I think, than maybe others on getting rid of old crop. My question is, do you still think is there is a lot of old crop out there? If so, I mean, would it, I imagine some guys are going to want to know what to do at this point. Yeah, I think there is a lot of old crop. I've, I've got several producers still sitting on tens of thousands of bushels, maybe not as many as they would normally at this time of year, but still sitting on a fair chunk of grain and and mostly corn. The beans, for the most part, were, were sold when we were cash prices of $15 and higher throughout some of the Western Belt here. However, I, I do believe that basis is going to do the bulk of the work, and there's still some extreme basis levels out there. And they're shifting out and, and working off of some deferred contracts to where guys are looking at strictly basis levels and wondering if the market does rally and they can catch 125 over the September board for August delivery. What does that look like on any kind of a meaningful rally throughout the summer? So. There's still hope out there. Those guys are still going to hold a lot of those bushels until we do see something substantial. But this will spook people. You know, this was an accelerated decline that will shake some grain loose on every little rally. So we have to hope that it trickles out rather than flooding out. 
so that it doesn't just shock the market when it does. Yeah. I don't want people to, to lose too much hope. I mean, we've seen this before where the market drops pretty hard. It might take longer, but we eventually could get a, a rally back. In general, the, what's that market saying? That the market takes the stairs to go up and takes the elevator to go down, right? Right. So, that, right. so we, we're, we've seen that here the last several months that it took us a month or more to, to rally a dollar and then we give it all back or more in, you know, six or seven trading sessions. Sure. So I guess, you know, if we're, if we're trying to be optimistic, you know, what are the, what would be the reasons that we could think of that we could see some side, some sort of rally for, for guys to hold on? And, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, talk about Brazil's corn crop is obviously coming on. Getting getting closer, it's probably half to two thirds of the way through its growing season, but that looks to be doing pretty good overall. There's always going to be some trouble spots, so I don't know that we see anything there. You know, Argentina's crop has has been horrible. Right. Uh, every week it gets downgraded, right? But, another, uh, another lower revision. But, the, but yet the market doesn't seem to respond to that. Doesn't seem to care, which which is frustrating. It seemed to respond last year, and and it's just as bad or worse this year. And yet the market still doesn't respond. Yeah, I think Brazil's just lingering out there, overpowering all the headlines and taking any potential rallies away with their production. And for some reason, I feel like the the focus has really been heavy on Brazil this year, maybe compared to years gone by. And we've talked about their potential for acreage expansion for the next decade, and it's just massive. I think people are starting to pay attention to that more and more every year that goes by. Yeah, I think this week what was the USDA Ag Attaché in Brazil. They already come out basically a year ahead of time with next year's projection. Then you're going to see continued growth there. So well, it's five it, five million more years. Yeah, yeah. Of, so it's a year out. You already kind of know what you're looking forward to next year there right. with continued production. So yeah. so what do we hang our hopes on right now? Yeah, Here, you know I I think that. People underestimate the production in the northern plains and places like Minnesota. This is something that here we're very aware of because we're bordering them, basically. And so we have a lot of clients in those regions, and they are not very optimistic about their potential crops this year. And we, we've come across this before, I think, of 2019. We had a massive massive amount of prevent plant acreage, but we didn't see any light shed on that until the January 21 USDA report. So even if we do have the prevent plant, how expeditious are they in getting that in print to where the market will actually trade it? That's one thing that I see out there. And then you're starting to see some places, and I, I just happened across looking at monthly continuation charts, was, was noticing how much this year, both in price and chart action, is starting to parallel 2012. On well, 2012, we hit the drought and the market skyrocketed. We made new highs. It was all drought driven. It didn't last very long. But that potential is still out there. Then you look at a 2012 versus 2023 drought map, and they look eerily similar. So I'm not going to say we're out of the woods as far as as weather goes and that there's not any potential for a significant rally. But one of these things is going to have to spur it. Yeah, it's interesting how the the market chooses to focus on what it wants to focus on. And it's, you know, this laser focused on the planting and the weather right now. Right. Um, and, And all these other negative things that have happened in Argentina uh, you know, it's just choosing to ignore. So, you know, I think going through last week, you know, we moved lower, but the, the funds still were net positive. Is that right? Do you remember that? Yeah and, yeah. and, and, and I guess we don't quite know for this week yet. So, uh, maybe that comes out here later this afternoon, but, uh, right. But that'll be interesting because it, you know, it seems like the market's been very complacent. 
for me, you know, in the way it's responded, that it moves lower on neutral or slightly good news, and then on bad news, it just shakes a nosedive sharply lower. And uh, like I was saying the other day, that uh, the wheat prices have been moving lower as it's been dry in Kansas and in the Southern Plains. Right. And uh, and then when it rained, it really moved lower. (laughs) Right. So uh, it's just frustrating how... Uh, there's just a lot of negativity in the markets right now. And so, but typically what happens, you, you come to these lower levels that it tends to attract more buyers than too. You know, right. That's the other argument. And so are we, hopefully we're at that level where we're going to attract more buyers. China's been canceling some of the purchases and that's, a, I think, a big part of what's happened here is oh, right, absolutely. That, uh, China's, you know, just uh, canceling here to buy buy corn in, in Brazil because they can get it cheaper. So maybe, I don't that, I don't know who can answer that, but are they done canceling corn purchases? Uh, and right. that depends on how, how low and how long the price stays in, in Brazil right now. Right, and now you yeah. have Argentina undercutting Brazil, which that's kind of an interesting development. Yeah, that's, I don't know how, who, who knows the answer to that question, but uh, I think that that's what has traders spooked. I oh, suppose, for sure. They, their, their purchases from the U.S. continue to, to kind of wane. Well, and that's, I think that's what accelerated the momentum this week. You know, we had a down week last week. Trader sentiment was definitely low coming out of last week. And then to start the week off, you have a 333,000 ton cancellation from China on old crop corn. Then three days later on Thursday, you have another 227,000 ton cancellation. So now you're talking 560,000 tons, which roughly translates to about 22 million bushels. That's a heck of a chunk of grain. And so then I start fielding calls of guys going, well, when are they going to start canceling bean purchases? You know, so that's yeah. that's the snowball effect on the sentiment. And it's just, it's disastrous when when everyone starts feeling and thinking that. We, we haven't talked about the beans as much. I, and I've written about this, so I'm, I'm kind of on the record here that I'm still, I would guess, moderately bullish for new crop beans. And I know we just kind of tanked in the bean market this week along with corn. But uh, you look at the, the lower production in Argentina uh, they just got hammered. And, and I'm not saying we're going to go back up to $17 or anything, but that's a big gap in the soybean production that, that was left in Argentina. And so it's really not that much different than last year. Right. We're maintaining our acres here, or, or at least that's what the USDA says. We're going to maintain right. our soybean production acres here for in the United States. And so it, it just comes down to yield then, you know, assuming that's true. How many, you know, and so even in a decent yield, if we get national average of 52 bush per acre, the ending stocks inventory really does not shoot up that much. And so, you know, maybe that doesn't matter if the corn dra- drags it down with it. I, I don't see the uh, negative scenario in soybeans that you can I think make an easier argument for in corn. Oh, absolutely. And, and when you look at the chart action in the soybeans, it's similarly to what you just said, not as bad. The lows this week didn't even match what we were seeing just, I don't know, five or six weeks ago, let alone last summer's lows. And to your point, I think it's pretty easy to be bullish new crop beans from 1263 when it wasn't that long ago. We were trading 14, 1407. I think one day we shot up into the mid 1420s. So, I agree. I think it's easy to be bullish new crop beans, especially when the last NOPA crush report gave us a little insight as to how much they're really going to pursue this bean oil for renewable diesel. And that's been a major talk. And, and it's been a major talking point this week, but it's been months now and we've got major crush capacity expansion occurring now and for the next several years. Yeah. Yeah. 
let's maybe talk about livestock a little bit. Hogs, we finally, uh, maybe looks like we found our bottom and we're up pretty sharply this week. So what's going on there? We, we have probably been printing in the Comstock report that we need cash to coincide with technicals to get any kind of a sustained rally. This week, I think we may have seen it. We saw higher cash in hog, obviously cash hog trade this week, four out of five days. And a couple of those days were big up days, average, national average cash. So finally, we have higher cash. We have a technical picture that looks like maybe we carved a bottom. So we have this alignment. However, we do still have cash levels trading at a significant discount to the June hog futures. So either cash is going to accelerate and we're going to see something substantial here, or this is going to provide us a retracement rally. Maybe we get up into the 94 area in those June hogs before we set back again and try to equalize with cash. So I'm not thinking we're going to just shoot to the moon, but man, it sure looks better now than it did a week or two ago. Now you had uh, shared some information with us about some issues that were going on with Smithfield and then maybe cutting back on some of their slaughter in Missouri. Is that right? What, yeah. It, yeah. All, all but maybe not, maybe not all that's completely substantiated, but it's just, yeah. Discussion to the grapevine. What were you hearing there? Yeah. So the, the gist of it is, is that Smithfield is losing pigs at a quick rate. The nurseries are just struggling to stay healthy. 50% of their, of the pigs in the nursery are being lost due to health reasons. And it's just a losing scenario. So the rumor is that they're shutting down portions of their operation. They're liquidating a chunk of their sow herd. And, and the, the ultimate result would be an, an onslaught of supply in the immediate term and then a very uh, restricted supply in the midterm, say late summer. Now, again, like you said, that hasn't been substantiated, so I don't want to put too much weight into it, but it, uh, I, I believe reliable sources are relaying this information, and it may be something that we look for in the coming week. Okay. And what what are your thoughts on cattle? All-time highs in cattle, you know, at some point, you're going to run into trouble, and that's that's happened here in the last two weeks. Last week, we saw $2 lower cash. This week, we're seeing at least two, if not more like three, three and a half dollar lower cash. Kind of depends on where the volume plays out, but looks like it's going to be two, two and a half dollars lower on the, on the national average in the five area feeding region. We were due for a setback and I think we'll get a technical reprieve on some of these future contracts as well, but that was due and, and it needs to take a breather, attract some new buyers. There was too many people willing to take profit last week to think that it was going to keep accelerating. Every market needs to take a break and it was due. So okay. I, I think we'll look for that and, and see how it goes. So you're not looking to a, a break in the upward trend, just a, a short term reprieve and, yeah. and then we keep moving higher. That that would be my guess. I mean the the fundamental outline is it's hugely bullish. The the supply is so short and that's not changing and, and in fact I'm talking to sale barn owners, I'm talking to clients, there's still massive liquidation going on. Cowherd liquidation continues today and we've been hearing about it for what a year and a half now so these short supplies are going to continue to keep the market propped up but like everything it can only go up so much for so long before you need to take a breather and even just back to trend line in some of these contracts would be a 10 12 break in the feeders uh six seven dollars in the fat so something along those lines would be reasonable to think you know that could be on the table but june live cattle will be front month come monday and and I believe they're undervalued. Uh, you've got a 165 June board. You've got one, we'll call it 175. I obviously won't know the, the week's national average until Monday, but roughly a 175 national average live cash. So your $10 disparage there, do they meet in the middle? Does the June come up to meet cash? Does cash come down to meet June? So I still think you've got a June board that's probably 5 to $10 too cheap right now. Yeah. 
Well, wrapping up here, what are you looking to happen next week? And I'm starting to think about going long here in the grains now that we've we had a pretty good bounce off of today's close. Is that a good idea? What do you think we'll see next week? Well, I think think it was a real good idea at today's lows. <laughs> <laughs> But, but no, I, I think, I think this was confirmation that, that we've, we've made in an, an immediate term, what you may call it a short term bottom here. I did take some short profit for guys. I did get long for guys. Some traders looking for 30, 40 cents. Some looking for maybe more than that in the corn. And then obviously targets vary in the beans, but I, I keep having this lingering recurring thought. There, there is a gap in the June soybean chart at 1477 or I'm sorry, July soybeans at 1477. And if we could mount something significant, we could be targeting levels like that. My guess would be that we go up somewhere in between, come back and try again. But I, I, I agree. I think, I think you gotta, you gotta give this thing a chance for some kind of a retracement rally here. All right. Well, any, any ending thoughts? Otherwise, we'll no, enjoy the weekend. I don't think so. I think we'll wait till Monday afternoon and see what uh, crop progress looks like. See, see if all these planners are getting anything done. All right. Thank you, Eric. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.